0: Psalm 54 is written from the point of view of the oppressed. The superscription states a mascal of David when the Ziphites came and said to Saul, Is not David hiding among us? Hence, David wrote this psalm when he was pursued by Saul and betrayed by the Ziphites. As well, he wrote it to be a mascal or instructive psalm. In this short psalm, we have instruction on how to act when oppressed. In short, We must trust in the Lord's ability to completely deliver us. And so we've entitled Psalm 54, The Deliverance of the Oppressed. The Deliverance of the Oppressed. Let's look at the prayer for deliverance in verses 1 to 3. Save me, O God, by your name, and vindicate me by your power. Hear my prayer, O God, give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers have risen against me, and violent men have sought my life. They have not set God before them. Selah. The verb for save in that opening cry means to release. Release me, O God. Deliver me, O God. Set me in the open. In other words, it is to put someone in a place where they are free from vulnerability to attack. In the plea, vindicate me, save me, O God, by your name, and vindicate me, the Hebrew word there means to judge or plead my cause. In other words, David not only wants to be saved from his enemies, but he wants to be vindicated before God and have his righteousness established in God's sight. And when we think about salvation and vindication, where do they come from? They come from God. In fact, the text tells us they come from God's name and God's strength. Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your power or strength. When we talk about the name of God, it means, uh, it, it, it references his character or his presence, his power. So save me by your presence. Save me by your ability. Save me by your character. Of course, we know what his character is. It's holy, it's just, it's righteous, it's true. And so when we invoke something in the name of God, we're asking God to put his character on the line to do something. When Abram camped between Bethon and Ai, he built an altar, and he called upon the name of the Lord, Genesis 12, verse 8. And we know from previous studies that in the Old Testament, to call upon the name of the Lord was to invoke worship. It was to call upon God's presence. It was to stand in his presence. It was to come before him and to, uh, and, and to stand there to be examined by God and to give worship to God. And he wasn't just saying, "Hey Lord," he was calling on His name. He's calling His presence, calling upon His character. And he not only calls upon God's power, but notice he says, "Vindicate me by," or not only save me by Your name, but vindicate me by Your strength, by Your ability. And in essence, they're in parallel. So, name and strength or, uh, are are parallel or synonymous to one another. One is the same as the other, just two different ways of saying the same thing. In fact, the matter is, our salvation is because of who God is. Our vindication before God is because of His ability or power. We can't vindicate ourselves, we can't save ourselves. And so David now asks, Hear my prayer, O God, give ear to the words of my mouth. So he's asked for salvation, he's asked for vindication, now he's asking for his prayer to be heard. Hear my prayer, give ear to the words of my mouth. Again, we have a parallel structure here. Hear my prayer, give ear to my words. Okay? And this repetition is for emphasis. And so what we're seeing here is that salvation and vindication come from God through what? Through prayer. If we're we're being oppressed, and by whatever it may be, by the world, the flesh, the devil, enemies, what have you, first thing we need to do is pray. Pray for salvation. Pray for vindication. And that's where it comes, through prayer. He prays for God's ear to be open. That's another way of expressing, God, show favor to me. You know, if somebody's ear is closed, if they're not hearing you, they don't have favor for you. They don't have an ear to hear what you have to say. Not so with God. And now he his need for intercession is stated, because strangers have risen up against me. These were foreigners who had, uh, foreign nations who had come against him to attack him. They're arrayed in their battle gear, in their armor, and they've come to attack, to destroy David, to hunt him down, and and, and uh, wipe out uh, Jerusalem, wipe out the city. They're, this is a military action. He said, you know, the foreign countries have, uh, have organized their militaries and risen up against me. The word risen up means to take arms. This is, again, military action. So the oppressors in David's life at this stage uh, were what? This military. Now, uh, the, the military here, of course, going back to the superscription of when he wrote the psalm, uh, was uh, the Ziphites, Okay. Uh, were the uh, Philistines they had organized an army against David and they were taking a military uh, action against him and uh, as Israel's uh, king uh, even though I mean he had been anointed already to be king but he wasn't officially the king at this point Saul was still reigning but uh, nonetheless in God's light he was king and the Philistines wanted him dead Saul wanted him dead you know so he has oppression from all around and he says, I love how he sums up, they have not set God before them. Whether it was Saul or the Philistines that were the Zephites, none of these people had set God before them. These were idol worshipers. These were not people who were worshiping God. And because they didn't worship God, they went after the man who did worship God. And so his deliverance was coming from these pagans. But notice, when you're oppressed... The responsibility is not to talk about it first, not to complain about it first, not to murmur about it first. The first thing we must do is pray to God. Let's go on to verse 4 to 7. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my soul. He will recompense the evil to my foes. Destroy them in your faithfulness. Willingly I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. There's the mention of that name again. Uh, I give thanks to you, you, to to your presence, O Lord, for it is good. I will give thanks to your power, O Lord, for it is good. He goes on and says, For he has has delivered me from all trouble, and my eye has looked with satisfaction upon my enemies. Here David has called upon God to deliver him. He's identified the source of his trouble, and now he confesses who God is and what he will do. And, And that's what we need to do. We need to pray for deliverance and then we need to praise for the deliverance even before the deliverance comes we can be praising god because we listen god's got a god's got a track record and his track record never fails and if he says he's going to do it he's going to do it he's done it in the past he'll do it in in the present and he'll certainly do it in the future uh let's see what good david confesses here about who god is and what he will do first god is david's helper Uh, In Psalm 30, verse 1, God's help is his mercy in healing and deliverance. Uh, In Psalm 28, verse 7, God helps because he is David's strength and shield. Here, God helps him be armed for the battle. He's not only with David, he is with David's men, those who uphold his life. He's the sustainer of my soul. He's my helper. Uh, He goes on. Notice, not only is is he David's helper, but he acts on David's behalf. He is going to repay my enemies for their evil. He's going to recompense the evil to my foes. Now the word enemy here is one who watches stealthily or an insidious watcher. Somebody who's watching, who's spying, so that they can lay a trap or take me prisoner. David says to God, please destroy them. Cut them off. Destroy them. That's what the word destroy means, to literally to cut them off in your faithfulness or in your truth. David is asking God to act and to bring about his vindication by delivering David and his troops and winning the battle for him. And of course we know time and again that's exactly what God did for David. You know, in Christ, we now know that the Savior was cut off so that we who deserve to die might live. See, he stood in the place as the enemy of God, so we who were enemies would no longer be enemies and not be cut off. That's the mystery of the gospel, or one of the mysteries of the gospel, uh, that God took our judgment through Christ upon himself. Our enemy Satan, our enemy of sin, our enemy of death, all defeated by Jesus. You know, that oppression we had from Satan, sin, and death? defeated. it. Our deliverance, our vindication, are in Christ. So anticipating God's answer, David now vows to freely sacrifice to God. Notice, again, he wants to worship. You know, if there's one thing we've noticed through the Psalms, it's that every time David, or whoever the psalmist might be, makes a request of God in the midst of trials, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of oppression, uh, in in whatever the trouble may be, whatever the distress may be, every time God acts, and many times before God even acts, The response is to worship, to go and worship God. Notice that his worship is not the result of a bargain that he made with God. He didn't sit here and say, now God, if you deliver me, then I'll worship you. There's no, he didn't do that. He didn't make some vow, he didn't take some oath or bargain with God. He does this out of love for God. I prayed, I asked, I know God's going to deliver, and I'm just going to go worship now. He doesn't wallow in the oppression. He doesn't wallow in the trouble. Listen, the oppression was still there. God had yet to remove it, but David went and worshipped. David's not under an obligation to pay God off. He worships freely out of the heart. He says, I will praise God's name in its goodness. Why? Because he's delivered me out of all my trouble. I love the fact here that before the deliverance comes, David writes it as if it's a past issue. He has delivered me. David hadn't yet been delivered, but he's so confident that God can do it, he writes it in the past tense. My eye has seen its desire upon my enemies. Literally, my eye looked in triumph over my enemies. My enemies are defeated. So here in this psalm, David deals with his enemies, but only after dealing with God. He knows that God will hear his prayers. He knows that God's going to answer them. He knows God's going into battle on his behalf. Do you know that? Do you know with confidence that God hears your prayers? Can you say with confidence that he answers your prayer? Do you have confidence to know that God will go to battle on your behalf? David met God in his crisis. I challenge you to meet God in your crisis. Because it is only God and God alone who can save us and vindicate us. And so when the problems of life come crashing down, when everything's caving in upon you, flee to the Lord. Psalm 54. Father God in heaven, I thank you for the psalm that you've given to us, the song of the oppressed, the Lord, this deliverance of the oppressed. And Father, we we expect, you know, there, there are probably many opinions about what to do when we're oppressed. But, Father, the one thing we know that works time and again is prayer. And so, Father, we come to you in prayer. And we ask you, Father, for anyone who may be listening who's been in some trouble, some trials, some crisis, some issue, Lord, where they're just oppressed and surrounded, that, Father God, they might be moved to cry out to you, to ask you to hear them, to ask you to save them, to ask you to deliver them, Father. And I pray that you'll act on their behalf so that, in turn, Lord, they may rejoice and may give you the praise for who you are and what you have done. We pray this in your Son's precious name. Amen.